Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by their good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Michael Cannon. He's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is October the 27th, and on this day in 1904, New York Mayor George McClellan took controls of the inaugural run of the city's innovative new rapid transit system, or the subway. While London boasts the oldest uh, underground train network, which opened in 1863, and Boston built the first subway in the United States in 1897, the New York City subway soon became the largest American system. The first line, operated by the Interborough Rapid Transit Company, or IRT, traveled 9.1 miles through 28 stations, running from City Hall to Lower Manhattan to Grand Central Terminal in Midtown, and then heading west along 42nd Street to Times Square. The line finished by zipping north all the way to 145th Street and Broadway in Harlem. On opening day, Mayor McClellan so enjoyed his stint as engineer that he stayed at the controls all the way from City Hall to 103rd Street. At 7 p.m. that evening, the subway opened to the general public, and more than 100,000 folks paid a nickel each to take their first ride under uh, Manhattan. The RT service expanded to Bronx in 1905 and to Brooklyn in 1908 and to Queens in 1915. Since 1968, the subway has been controlled by the Metropolitan Transit Authority, or the MTA. The system now has 26 lines, 472 stations in operation. The longest line, the 8th Avenue A Express train, stretches more than 32 miles from the northern tip of Manhattan to the far southeast corner of Queens. Every day, some 4.5 million passengers take the subway in New York, with the exception of the PATH train connecting New York with New Jersey and some other parts of Chicago's elevated train system. New York subway is the only rapid transit system in the world that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter how crowded or dirty the subway is, one of New York City's institutions for New Yorkers or tourists, uh, which they couldn't do without, although it's just all kinds of uh, mayhem and uh, murder and uh, violence going on in the, in the trains. Hopefully that'll get cleaned up and settled when we get law and order back in New York City. I don't think uh, Mayor Adams is going to pull that off, but it needs to happen. Well, uh, we watched... The real Anthony Fauci movie yesterday, it's terrific. You can still watch it today at no cost whatsoever. I encourage you to do so. It is really well done. Jeff Hayes is the producer of the movie. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, the website is therealanthonyfaucimovie.com. Therealanthonyfaucimovie.com is the website. I really encourage you to take a look at it. There's a trailer. There's uh, the first part's about an hour and 50 minutes. The second part is about an hour and 10 minutes. We watched the first part. Really well done. Read the book, and of course, there's not a lot of new information in there because it follows the book pretty carefully, but it reminded us of so many things that are so important with regard to Anthony Fauci and his uh, chicanery uh, with regard to the uh, vaccine. <clears throat> Attorney General Ashley Moody says enough fentanyl has been seized in the past few months to kill the entire population of Florida. This announcement is following an 11-pound drug bust by the Polk County Sheriff's Office, a record-breaking seizure for the agency. This is terrible news, and I'm afraid it will only get worse with enough fentanyl uh, seized in, in just a few short months to kill the entire population of Florida. It's not hard to imagine how much is being sold out on the streets undetected. While Florida law enforcement is doing a tremendous job interdicting Deadly drugs. If Biden will not do his job and secure the border, our state will be overrun and the death toll from the fentanyl overdoses will continue and increase. Kind of scary when you think about uh, Halloween coming up. Attorney General Ashley Moody is leading a bipartisan effort to call on the president to declare fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction. 
Early in October, Attorney General Mashley Moody announced a massive drug bust involving more than 50 pounds of fentanyl. Can you believe that? Uh, we've got to do something about that. It all leads back to the border. Uh, the president's not doing his job with regard to border control and uh, safety, and uh, it's leading to all kinds of problems, including the distribu distribution of fentanyl in the United States. The federal government announced it would provide trailers for displaced Hurricane Ian survivors in Lee and Cuyahoga counties amidst a shortage of hotel rooms and other options. The announcement comes a day after Cuyahoga County commissioners made it clear they wanted to see travel trailers and manufactured homes available to displaced residents. This is really good news. In a press release issued Wednesday, the Federal Emergency Management Association, or agency, FEMA, said it would provide that and more to residents in Lee, Collier, Charlotte, and DeSoto counties. The federal agency's release said it would determine that rental assistance is insufficient to meet the housing need in those counties because of a lack of available housing and resources. So true. Glad this is happening. There's certain restrictions on this, but nevertheless, it's going to be a tremendous support for people who can't, can't find a place to live. Even if they had the money to pay for hotel rooms, there's just none of those either. So this, this is a real problem, and uh, FEMA's coming through. It's a little late, but uh, nevertheless, uh, a lot of gratitude for, the, for what they're providing. Well, fire up the Trump uh, Force One. President Trump announced four, count them, four rallies to be held in the closing days of the 2022 campaign. He's going to go to Iowa on Thursday, Pennsylvania on Saturday, Florida on Sunday, and then Election Eve, he's going to have a rally in Ohio. It's possible more rallies will be added. Polls in the schedule suggest a western swing on Friday to Nevada and perhaps Arizona. Saturday and Sunday and Monday could be rallies in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia. So he's really putting the pedal to the metal here at the end of the uh, at the end of uh, the midterm elections uh, and uh, really uh, running through the finish line. It's good to see the president's taking the leadership position with regard to the midterm elections. Well, the Republican National Committee has recruited more than 70,000 poll watchers and poll workers ahead of the midterm elections to help deliver the election transparency that voters deserve. The poll watchers and poll workers are part of the RNC's multi-tiered election integrity program and will be deployed across key states during early voting and on Election Day. The RNC's unprecedented election integrity operation is comprised of tens of thousands of volunteers who are trained to adhere to strict standards of courtesy and respect for election officials and other volunteers. This according to Gates Maverick, the spokesperson. Our program is designed to help deliver the election integrity transparency that voters deserve while operating strictly within local regulations to observe and, and report at the ballot box. I've got a uh, screen here. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. So uh, here are the poll watching principles. Uh, be respectful and courteous to other volunteers and election officials. Follow instructions uh, provided by election officials. Do not interact with voters. Do not disrupt, obstruct, or interfere with the voting process. Know and follow your training, including all the applicable laws for election observers. Direct any questions to appropriate election staff and do so politely. Carry required volunteer credentials or identification during the entire shift. Arrive on time and take notes. Do not interact with the media with, uh, without prior approval. And contact the election integrity team immediately if you are ever in doubt of how to approach an issue or if you witness a potential election violation. Any party uh, credentialed observer who does not follow all the applicable laws, his or her training or these principles will be promptly dismissed. So they're setting a high bar for behavior in operating as a poll watcher. 70,000. That's a lot. And I put that together with uh, what's happening with precinct captains and the, the other activities should help secure. It won't be perfect, but it'll help secure uh, election results on November the 8th. Well, you may remember the story of Joseph Kennedy, the high school football coach who lost his job in 2015 for praying on the field after games. He's going to be reinstated by March 15, 2023. The decision comes after the U.S. Supreme Court in June ruled that Kennedy's favor, 6-3, that the coach was protected by the Constitution when he knelt and prayed aloud at the 50-yard line post-game, sometimes with his players. 
A joint stipulation filed Tuesday in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington stated that Kennedy is to be reinstated to his previous position as assistant coach of the Bremerton High School football team on or before March 15, 2023. He's also entitled to reasonable attorney's fees and costs. Bremerton School District shall not interfere or prohibit Kennedy from offering a prayer consistent with the U.S. Supreme Court's opinion, the attorney wrote. Uh, this is just great news. Again, another uh, support, more support for the Supreme Court on freedom of speech and practice of religion. I think this is just a great decision. Share this good news with you because uh, justice, the wheels of justice grind slow, as I've said many times, but they grind fine, and finally justice is done after this happened in 2015. So on Wednesday morning, the jury found Daryl Brooks guilty of six counts of intentional homicide, 61 counts of reckless endangerment, six counts of hit and run, two counts of bail jumping, and one count of battery in connection with the Washiga Christmas Parade last year when Brooks drove his SUV through the crowd. He was found guilty on all charges, and a hearing regarding the sentencing will be on Monday. So not a lot to say about this, except that it's, good. again, great to see justice is done in a short period of time. I have no doubts that he'll make appeals, uh, no matter what the what the, uh, uh, the jury defines in terms of his punishment, but uh, a bad dude, and he should be punished. All of us have paid ample attention to the way inflation has quietly eroded Americans' wealth under President Biden's watch. But a new report highlights under a huge hidden tax the federal government is imposing on all of us in its reckless overreach. The Competitive Enterprise Institute, a great organization, Clay, uh, Clyde Wayne Cruz Jr. just released his latest annual study on the seemingly endless federal regulations, government rules, and mandates that increase the cost of doing business. The expert estimates that have taken together, the sweeping federal regulatory state now imposes a hidden tax of, get this, $14,684 per family per year. The cost of government extends well beyond what Washington collects in, in uh, taxes and far greater amounts it spends, Cruz explained. Federal environmental, safety and health and social and economic regulations and intervention affect the economy by hundreds of billions, even trillions of dollars annually. Unlike on budget spending, regulatory costs are largely obscured from uh, public view, constituting a hidden tax, he continued. Just as uh, firms pass the costs of some of these taxes along to consumers, regulatory compliance costs and mandates borne by businesses will percolate through the economy, finding their way to consumer prices and workers' wages. Get that, almost $15,000 a year, in addition to the federal taxes and local taxes that you pay. Unconscionable. All right, coming up, uh, this uh, segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Michael Cannon. He's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is a co-founder of a terrific organization. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Pastor Rick. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, the Florida Citizens Alliance is people like the ones listening to us. We care about kids. We want them to have a good education. We recognize their things that we can do to bring solutions to the problems in education, and so we work to do that. We're a lot of volunteers, grassroots across Florida, and we speak up for parents when they need somebody to be a voice for them. We try to do just that. Yeah, absolutely. GoFLCA is the website. GoFLCA.com uh, is the website. So, Pastor Rick, uh, you've apparently were up, you were up at the uh, state education uh, meeting this past week. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I'm sure all of us just love driving to Orlando, and so I got that privilege last week because the State Board of Education was meeting in Orlando, and they meet in different places around the states. Uh, I guess that's to give people access to their to their meetings and to, so they can be out and hear from people. But they were addressing some rules, or, or set to pass some rules, I should, should say, that will implement some of the legislative actions that the legislature took last year. And we got a uh, tip that they, that there was going to be opposition to some of those rules, and so we wanted to be there along with some other groups to speak up on behalf of the parents because we we really do support parents' rights, and we really do believe the parents need to be informed about what's happening in their classroom, in their students' classrooms, and in schools. And we don't think anybody should hide information from them. And so that's what the state board was doing. They were there to pass rules that were in alignment with the legislation. And this is part of the process because they need to do that just to make sure there are some, there's, how shall we say, some teeth in all of this so mm-hmm. that the school districts and the teachers know that they're expected to follow the law. Now, that shouldn't come as a surprise to people that, that they're expected to follow the law, but um, interestingly enough, we have seen evidence where sometimes school districts try to get around following the law. And so they were they were doing some very simple things like, one of them was just a simple transparency rule. It simply said that if the school district has bathrooms or locker rooms that are separated by something other than biological sex at birth, they need to notify the parents. Mm-hmm. Now, most of us, all of our lives, have expected them to be separated based upon a child's biological sex at birth. Well, that's not always happening. And the State Board of of Education says to the school districts, if you do something other than that, you have to notify the parents. Now, that doesn't seem very controversial to me, but wow, there were a lot of people there opposing that rule. And we were there supporting them because we think the parents ought to know everything that's going on in their child's school, and the school has an obligation to notify them. And that's what the rule really was. Uh, that is amazing, uh, Pastor. It, it, it seems to me unbelievable that you have to have a rule like that. But, but to, to think there's support for not having a rule like that just is amazing to me. 
Well, I, I agree with you. And even as, as we're talking about it, I, I'm stunned that we have to talk about it. I mean, this is so transparently obvious that it should be the way it's always been. But the other thing is so obvious that parents should know if there's something different going on in their child's school. Right. And yet there were so many people in that room last week that were opposed to it and were speaking up against it that it was just like, where, where, do you, where does this idea come from? <clears throat> Pardon me. And what's, what's really going on here? And I think what's really going on with a lot of the opposition, they were still fighting the legislative battle from last session. And the legislature didn't agree with their perspective, but they are still fighting that battle on those terms. At one point, the chair of the meeting even had to say to them, listen, you're arguing something that's already been decided. We have no power to change that. We just have to implement the law. Right. And that's right. And they did, thankfully, on that very important issue. Just amazing. Do you think these people are independent parents? Or do you think they're perhaps representing an, a group that's, uh, you know, marshalling people to, to uh, represent their interests in these uh, in these meetings? Well, there's no question there were groups that were rallying the troops. There's no question that some of them introduced themselves as they spoke as parents of students. And and I guess we're all, uh, how should we say, <clears throat> sympathetic to every parent's concern. And some of these parents did have apparent concerns. But overall, don't they agree that all parents ought to be aware of everything that's yeah. going on? And again, I don't know whether they agree or disagree with that because they didn't argue that. All they were doing was trying to to rehash the legislative decision from last session. It, it, it's stunning. I think what they do is they try to say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, expecting at some point people will start believing them, even though what they're arguing for is patently um, just not correct, and we're never going to go down that road. And absurd indeed. So uh, you've got an event coming. It had to be canceled because of Hurricane Ian, uh, but it's been tr uh, changed to a different date in December. Maybe you can tell us about it. Right. We were going to have General Flynn with us, and you're right. Ian came to town, and we just needed to change that. There, that was not the time to have an event like this. So we worked real hard, and, and General Flynn really cooperated to a great degree to help us find a new date. And so we're going to have this event on December 2nd. And we, we are going to have General Flynn here. We were just up this week having a meeting with his organization, uh, with, with his brother, Joe, who runs that organization. We talked briefly about the event, and they were so glad we could get it worked out. And, and we were so appreciative. But on December 2nd, we're going to have this event at Shula's. That's at the uh, Hilton Naples. And people can still buy tickets there. It's on our website at GoFLCA dot org or go dot com and they can look under events and and hear from general flynn we think this will be particularly interesting because and we talked a little bit about this with his his representatives and the people in his organization this week in light of all the election stuff and they have been heavily involved in several key states we think general flynn will be able to give us a report on what's been going on and and the fallout from the election that's just a couple of weeks away. So December 2nd, buy your tickets, join us, and help us help kids all across Florida because it's an important fundraising event for us as well. GoFLCA.com is the website, GoFLCA.com. I hope you support this terrific organization doing a lot to improve the quality of education for uh, kids in public schools right here in Florida. Hey, speaking of which, uh, before I let you go, uh, some comments on the work that you're doing with churches with regard to uh, private school education? Well, yeah, this is a very new initiative for us. We've been aware for a while, and, and we're not the only ones. A lot of people have been aware that the capacity in private schools is just maxed out. People can qualify for the HOPE scholarship, and they should still pursue that if their child's eligible. Absolutely or other state scholarships, but there just isn't room in some of these private schools. And so we've been investigating and, and hearing about a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, about some possibilities that churches could consider to help their students. And instead of just hearing about it, instead of just sitting back wondering what is going to happen or who's going to do something to fix it, we decided, well, we're all about solutions. Why don't we step up and see what we can do to try to find out more information so that we can make it available to churches and help them understand you don't necessarily have to start a full-blown school K through fifth grade or high school or whatever you choose there are some other ways that you can help take steps to help your students have both a better education 
and avoid the indoctrination and the other problems that are going on in our public schools. So that's what we're trying to do. We think it has some real possibilities. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. But if we can come up with some real, real good options that we can help churches and and the people that care about their kids implement, then we think that's a good thing because it'll help kids have an opportunity that they wouldn't have otherwise, and we want them to have the best education possible. Uh, everybody wins when there's choice, so I think that's just great. I hope you'll uh, well stay tuned. We'll look forward to an update on on. Uh, I, I guess we'd call it kind of a mini uh, school within uh, a church. So, Pastor Rick, just always appreciate your commentary. I want to remind our listeners to go to FL, goflca.com as the website, goflca.com. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick. All right, coming up, Michael Cannon. He's the Director of Health, Health Policy Study at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, going to be visiting with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton, um, excuse me, Michael Cannon. He's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Uh, tell us about the Cato Institute. Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. Uh, libertarian means we believe that all humans have equal rights and equal dignity, and we want you to be able to live your life however you want, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. Certainly a noble cause, and uh, certainly support it myself. So, Michael, I understand that uh, we're going to see lower Medicare premiums in 2023. Right. So uh, if uh, uh, any of your listeners are enrolled in traditional Medicare, where you get Part A and Part B, the Part B, or physician coverage premium, in 2021 was a little less than $150. Last, uh, this year, it went up to $170, so a 14% increase. That was a pretty sizable increase. And uh, President Biden announced a little while ago that next year it's actually going to go down for the first time in a long time. It's going to be about $165. So Medicare enrollees uh, are going to have to pay less for their uh, physician insurance premium. And everyone in Washington is hailing that as uh, a wonderful development of victory. But if you scratch below the surface, uh, you find out that this is actually not the result of uh, a 
some success or uh, of government or government efficiency, but uh, a, a really big government screw up. You see, what happened here was last uh, last year, the FDA approved a drug called Adihelm. This is an Alzheimer's drug that uh, targets uh, plaque accumulation. There's a lot of controversy over whether the FDA should have approved it because it targets one of these things we call surrogate endpoints rather than an actual uh, uh, clinical outcome that the patient will notice. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, Biogen, which makes the drug, decided to charge $56,000 uh, for an annual course of treatment uh, for, this, uh, for this drug. And so the FDA approves it. Medicare is supposed to cover it, usually does. Medicare took a look at that price tag. Some people said that this could cost more than the entire Part D uh, prescription drug program in Medicare. And Medicare, because this would be a Part B beta drug, uh, Medicare uh, had to calculate the cost of Adjahelm when making its, setting its premiums for 2022. But then in 2022, Medicare decided it was not going to cover Adjahelm, except for, for people who are enrolled in clinical trials. And... That means that, and and so the 2023 premiums reflect the fact that uh, Medicare is not going to cover Adjahelm. That's why their premiums are coming down from $170 to $165. But what this means is that for all of 2022, the federal government was charging seniors for a drug that it wasn't covering. Hmm. Imagine if a private health insurance company did that. Yeah. Imagine what the Democratic Party would do to that private insurance company. The Republican Party probably wouldn't say anything, but Democrats would crucify that insurance company. But when it's the government that does that, Democrats and the activists that support the Medicare program, they all uh, pat Joe Biden on the back and, and praise Medicare for its wonderful efficiency. So when really, this is closer to fraud than efficiency. So the message is, look, we were charging you for something that we didn't provide. We're not going to do that anymore. Aren't we great? (laughs) Exactly. That is just Exactly. Would you continue to get your business through a company like this if you, uh, you know, if the government weren't forcing you to pay uh, uh, to subsidize this enterprise? That's so interesting. Uh, What do you think about uh, the FDA approving that drug? Uh, when it doesn't uh, demonstrate an outcome for the patient. Uh, I think that's what you said. Well, so there's this huge controversy over uh, what we call surrogate endpoints or biomarkers, like the amount of plaque buildup uh, in, uh, in uh, Alzheimer's, early Alzheimer's patients, and there's lots of other surrogate endpoints. I mean, blood pressure is a surrogate endpoint. Blood pressure is not necessarily something the patient is going to notice. But there's a pretty tight link between blood pressure and health outcomes. A lot of other surrogate endpoints, less so. And so it, there's validity to using uh, surrogate endpoints when uh, deciding whether a patient should use a drug or whether an insurance company should cover a drug. But you can, you can imagine how uh, if everyone is so heavily, if everyone's drug consumption is so heavily subsidized by government, yeah, and, uh, and and the drug companies just desperately want to get a drug approved by the FDA so that they can access those massive subsidies. They the people will pitch the FDA on all sorts of surrogate endpoints just to get their drug across that uh, that finish line of FDA approval, and and so you can imagine that it could be abused there. Now I want the FDA to, to not to exist. I don't want the FDA to stop those drugs from getting to market because. I want patients to be able to make for themselves the decision about what drugs to take and whether this study showing this outcome is um, is reliable enough and evidence enough for them to take it. Uh, I do, and and there's something salutary that is going on here, which is you notice I said the FDA approved the drug, but then Medicare said it will only cover the drug for patients who are in clinical trials. Uh-huh. Well, that means that Medicare isn't taking the FDA's word for it. Which is good. <laughs> Which is great. We should have, first of all, Medicare should scrutinize the, the money, the taxpayer dollars, or, uh, the things on which it spends taxpayer dollars much more heavily than it does. This is an example of that. I like that. But it also uh, highlights that the FDA is not the end-all, be-all here. The FDA is one group of people 
with one set of opinions, and they should not be the only ones deciding what kind of studies are valid, what kind of studies are sufficient, and whether patients should have access to these drugs or not, or whether insurance companies should cover them. I want a world where there's lots of entities like uh, like Medicare, not government-run, but yeah. uh, lots of entities that demand and conduct clinical trials so that we can get more and more information and patients can make better and better decisions. Yeah, it seems it seems to me appropriate at this point just to point out again that the, the release of uh, the the Anthony Anthony Fauci the movie, the real Anthony Fauci online, it's. Uh, TheRealAnthonyFauciMovie.com is the website. I encourage our listeners to go to it. You can see it free right now today, uh, both parts, and uh, it, it's just so revealing with regard to the FDA and uh, Tony Fauci and NIH and the whole thing. It's just unbelievable. I always appreciate your commentary here on the show, Michael. Michael Cannon, again, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. Take care. My pleasure, indeed. And again, Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Okay, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, uh, individual uh, uh, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Seton, tell us about Less Government. Uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big job. So, Seton, you wrote a great piece. It's called Climate Change Crap is Antithetical to Effective Farm Bill. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I got the basics out of the way first. I said, you know, the climate changes, it always changes. That's not what they mean when they say climate change. They mean the leftist globalist communists. You know, it's 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 anti it's anti capitalism with a animal to, as its face for marketing purpose. Um, they you know it's it, there's a reason they chose as Earth Day Vladimir Lenin's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're watermelons. They're re- green on the outside. They're red on the 
widespread being communism, of course. I mean, that's that's what the purpose of environmental movement is, the global environmental movement, is to destroy capitalism. And of course, first and foremost, in the United States, since we're the, you know, the, the standard bearers for it. So we've got this climate change crap that we're subjecting ourselves to. You and I have talked about this for over a year now, where we're the only ones, we in our Western European co-idiots are the only ones committing economic suicide in the name of climate change. I mean, China's not, Russia's not, India's not. They're huge economies, much larger than any, you know, than any one European country several combined and you know they're building coal firepower plants so they're used burning oil and you know the only thing china's doing is they're, they dominate the world's solar panel market they don't use any of them they just sell us to idiots to idiots like us yeah uh they're using real energy and what that does of course is it creates an inherent advantage for everything they do Everything they make versus everything we make, because we're cutting our throats and making it harder for domestic manufacturers to manufacture things. And then they have to compete against much cheaper energy, slave labor, mass subsidized products from China. And so they're not charging a market price, they're charging a unfair, below market price that our manufacturers can't compete with. Well, of course, that comes to, to a head in the farm bill. The farm bill is being negotiated right now. And it's supposed to it pass every five years. Next year is five years. And the left, of course, is looking to gum up the farm bill with climate change crap. Yep. And, of course, that is antithetical to the purpose of the farm bill. The farm bill is to protect farmers and ranchers, our our food sector producers, and make it easier for them to produce food for us to use and for them to sell around the world. You don't make it easier for them by making it harder for them by imposing all these climate change impositions on their daily lives, on their businesses. So that's just, you know, I, I just saw these articles as they're gearing up for the Farm Bill. You know, we need climate change implemented as part of the Farm Bill. The Farm Bill should be a climate change bill. And I'm just screaming at my computer screen, no, yeah. that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah, keep up the good work. I mean, we've got uh, this ESG stuff going on with regard to the SEC changing the direction, trying to affect the narrative with regard to our well-being. And, and right now, it's just totally out of control. Uh, Cruz just came out with a comment. He said that the, right now it's costing each family $15,000 a year in hidden taxes, which would be regulations. And this is just another example of it. It's just somehow going to affect our food supply and how much it's going to cost us uh, with regard to the farm bill. Well, like I said, they're already, just with our regular regulations and taxes, they're being undercut. You know, you and I talk about, I've been talking about this, cause it's such a huge number for, for a single commodity. Brazil, and we don't know exactly how much, Brazil subsidizes just their sugar mm -hmm. somewhere between two and a half and four billion dollars a year. And then they export it to the U.S. Well, how on earth are our farmers to get no subsidies? And again, I'm not calling for subsidies. I'm calling for a negotiation to get Brazil to drop their subsidies. Right. But right now, as it currently stands, how can our farmers compete with their farmers if their farmers are getting between two and a half and four billion dollars a year? You can't do it. It's not a fair market. It's not free trade. And it undercuts our food producers. And we need them more than we need cheap China televisions. Where, you know, won't it be nice to get President Trump again, get tariffs in place to help level the playing field for our farmers and for other producers and uh, get us back to a point where we're competitive and where we can bring jobs back to America? Well, that's, that's you know, I, I came out for a border carbon tax, meaning we tax China, we tax India, 
when they don't do anything, you know, in the name of climate change and then undercut our manufacturers who are forced to do so as a way to at least alleviate the problem. And that became, that went from nowhere. That was a bill that all, 10 Democrats and me supported last September to in February of this year, it was a big bipartisan group that came out and said, we want a border carbon tax. That was starting to become a thing. And now, I mean, talk about grand larceny. Did you see the debate between Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance for the Ohio Senate? Saw parts of it, yeah. Well, and, and, and Tim Ryan said, we're the, oh, and Ro Khanna said it too, the California congressman who represents part of California. I saw him on CNBC yesterday. He said, we're the party that's for reshoring jobs and bringing back jobs to America. And I'm like, no, you weren't. Two <laughs> seconds ago, you were fighting Trump on that tooth and nail. Yeah. And now you're just taking over the mantle? That's absurd. To the point where the alleged conservative host on CNBC, Joe Cruz, said, we, well, you weren't in favor of those tariffs, were you? And, he, and Ro Khanna said, yes, we were. Well, they were against them when Trump was for them. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And now they've completely switched their position to try to co-opt a very popular with the people trade policy that Trump brought to D.C. because no one was doing it before Trump uh, brought it to D.C. And now the Democrats are trying to steal it. Well, they'll say anything to try and win the elections. I <laughs> quite my personal commentary well, right not now. Not say anything. I'm Fetterman. He can't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, no, everything's slipping away from the Democrats right now because uh, they're not addressing the real issues, which, of course, are inflation and crime and the cost of f f uh, food and fuel. Just unbelievable. Well, well, abortion is very important, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website, lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Always look forward to his commentary. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Lou Provence is one of only 97 restaurants worldwide to receive Wine Spectator's prestigious Grand Award, and they've received it for the eighth consecutive year. Blue Provence Restaurant is temporarily closed for renovations due to damage from Hurricane Ian, and they look forward to serving you again in the near future. In the meantime, you can enjoy their Grand Award-winning wine list with unbeatable prices on more than 2,500 wines by visiting Blue Provence Fine Wines at 1234 8th Street South, Monday through Saturday between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Check out the vast wine selection by visiting Blue Provence on Facebook or visit the easy-to-browse website blueprovencefinewines.com. Visit blueprovencefinewines.com or if you need help, you can call Jacques directly at 239-821-6772. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Offices located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. 
Well, Bob, it's nice to uh, nice to get together with you again. We seem to we've had a few issues with with phones and uh, Ian in general. Um, but uh, as you said earlier, I think some things are getting back to normal somewhat. I think. Yeah. Um, but um, just popped into my mind uh, the, the uh, great to hear that FEMA is going to provide temporary housing for folks that have been ended up homeless as a result of this storm is just unbelievable. And it's kind of hidden out of view, but you know, a lot of people have suffered tremendously from the storm, including people that I've heard about who've lost everything. Yeah, uh, we 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 both have uh, have friends that that's happened to, and yeah. uh, but there are so many others um, uh, that we we don't know about that are in that situation, and I think it's great about FEMA. But the question is, is you know, how soon can they do it, and and how fast can they do it? Right. I. Uh, I, I had a, um, a, a, a thought that, you know, uh, 2023 is going to be the uh, Naples uh, 100th anniversary and the mayor, uh, uh, city manager, were uh, talking about all the celebrations and parties they're going to have and, uh, you know, make a big whoop out of it. And uh, I'm I'm going to um, uh, I kind of I wrote an article, but I, I think that's a very bad idea. Hmm. I think they want to uh, put that off for a year. Um, because I don't want to be out celebrating with you at some ball or a dance or whatever it is when there's still people here in our community that, uh, that don't know where their next meal is coming from. And I think we should use that money that they were going to, to spend on these events, uh, to help the needy. What, what are your thoughts? All right. Well, I think I certainly agree with that. Uh, I think it's important, you know, to, to recognize the fact that uh, Naples has been around 100 years. I didn't even know that. That says maybe 100 years incorporated as a city of Naples. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Wow. Um, but, but you know, they're talking about all these, these parties and, and, and get-togethers and whatever. And uh, it's like, I just think that's a horrible idea. I think it's... Yeah. It's certainly disrespectful to those like the people that we were just talking about that we know that lost everything. You know, it's like, how, how do you go about celebrating? Exactly. You know? Well, I uh, certainly, I certainly yeah. agree with that point of uh, point of view. So, uh, you, I know you're taking a, a, a close scrutiny of what's happening in Naples right now after post post in. Uh, any right. thoughts? Yeah, I, I I will tell you, Bob, that. Uh, Things um, at, at City Hall are um, uh, in a, is somewhat in a turmoil. Next week on Monday, they've, they've got a meeting. What happened last week, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief, was um, when Chris and I were driving back from New York, um, uh, she had the uh, council meeting on the radio, uh, I mean, on her phone, on her cell phone. So we were listening to it, and um, it seems they, they tried to pull a fast one with some uh, land use issues um right after this hurricane and um members of the community the night before heard about it because it was never advertised it was just all of a sudden stuck on an agenda and the city attorney said well i I wasn't supposed to be there but you know you know that story Mm -hmm. so um they 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 raised holy hell down there um and said you can't do this this has to do with with land planning and um how big can you build your house and what do we do after ian and uh there's just so much to cover bob and um so i from my understanding on monday's agenda starting with i think agenda 11a they're going to be talking about all these things and i know a lot of people in the community are going to be there to hear these conversations, and these are these are top people that uh, have to do with the the working crowd, the architects and uh, planners and et cetera are going to sit in there and listen and maybe weigh in. So next week should be um, should have lots to report about that. I mean, it just can't you know the city's lost so many of their good people, and um, now it's probably time to step back a little bit and and do some very 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 careful planning of what the future is going to bring for us in in the city of naples and all over for that matter you know Collier county as well but no you you don't want to shotgun something right now that that's for sure yeah so So, on a high level i mean what what are the outcomes that you're concerned about uh coming from this meeting i know what what uh what do you see happening that could be bad for the city of naples well i I, you don't you don't want 
to, to at this particular time with so many houses destroyed and um, what do you do with the the the, the, the current codes uh, are you going to all of a sudden start changing them are you going to change what you can do they were talking about lot splits last week i mean oh. all the things to to start discussing oh. uh i mean um it, it was just, it just to us listening to them and we're, we're thinking we're looking at each other and saying you know what exactly are they doing um uh is it a power move and and heitman the mayor you know she so well we want to do this you know out in the open and we we want to work with our people and whatever and i'm thinking to myself wow this is not a good way to start it and the community was very riled up because they weren't notified about it so um anything you can possibly think of like i'm saying when you talk about land planning and matt craig one of our fine architects got up and spoke and said look you have so many good people uh, in the city of naples the architects uh for example there's a bunch of them will get together and and work with you and other you know other other planners um will help so that we so that we reshape um and we put this to, together better than it ever was but it can't be done in a, in a hurry well so, of course i mean I, the, my first thought is i mean what does splitting lots have to do <laughs> With addressing the problem, that's what we were we we were trying to figure out why they had this big debate and this big conversation about that, and still haven't been able to figure it out. Yeah. So I, candidly, just can't tell you, but I can tell you that next week we'll have a lot more to say, um, for sure. And you know, you can watch that. I'm sure. I'm hoping that there will be some news coverage on it. Yeah. I think there will be, but who knows? You know what I mean? Well, does the so, Naples Daily News have a staff in order to to cover it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's always the question. Uh, you guys did okay during the hurricane. We did. We lost a couple of cars, uh, which is uh, inconvenient to say the least. But uh, you know what? We're healthy. We survived. We didn't have the problems right. that so many other people had. So we lost that's electricity, lost water. Uh, all, yeah, had all these inconveniences. And you've been there. I remember the last hurricane. Uh, you went a couple of weeks uh, without without electricity. Yeah, and they were calling. <laughs> it was. They, calling me complaining about, hey, we don't have power, and you know, you're the mayor, and uh, and then when I would say, well, we don't have power either, all of a sudden it got very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay, well, listen, that that's good. If the mayor doesn't have power, then then we're okay, but we don't want to hear the fact that he's got power and we don't. Yeah. Of course, you have nothing to do with it anyway. You know that. Absolutely. Um, so... <laughs> It's one of those things. Well, but, well, uh, I look for it. You know, I, I, apparently splitting lots is a solution. But the question is, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I look forward I mean, to our conversation like, next week to to learn more about this bill. Well, well, for sure, we'll have a full report for you, and I'm glad everything is okay. Hey, by the way, one last quick question: uh, Is Blue Provence? Uh, did they did they take a beating, or are they okay? Oh, bill, it's just uh, their uh, wine store. Well, fabulous wine store is open, but. Literally, when you drive down there, the whole the whole place has been cleaned out. I mean, they must have, uh, they must. Well, th there's no carpeting, no furniture, no nothing in there. Right. It's just all cleaned out. So I know that yeah. Jacques is going to be building and, and renewing that very quickly. It'll be better than ever. But uh, right now, it took quite a hit. That was one of those things that we've been talking about. I know that Skip, uh, uh, you know, from Pazo and Chops took a pretty big hit. And I know there's so many others that did. So, as I say, uh, you know, um, uh, the, we, we have very good friends that lost their entire homes. And I'm not going to mention them on air, but yeah. I'm just saying so. Yeah, a lot of work to be done, Bob. No question. Again, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob, and have a good one, okay? You as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman, uh, research fellow, uh, senior fellow in uh at the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. Jeff Hayes, as I mentioned, is the producer of The Real Anthony Fauci Movie. I hope you'll check out check out therealanthonyfaucimovie.com. Uh, Jeff has made a great production. He's concerned it may be a career-ender because of uh, the politics of this. But nevertheless, uh, Jeff Hayes will be joining us on the show. Larry Bell, who is an endowed professor at the University of Houston, and Sal Nuzo, he is with uh, the James Madison Institute. We'll look forward to Sal's comments about insurance and uh, affordable housing here in the state of Florida. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. 
bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we expand the audience and reward our advertisers for their support. We couldn't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>